This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Maria Popescu with the news first, the headlines. The members of Romania's ruling coalition carry on talks on tax-related measures designed to reduce the budget deficit. Last year, Romanians spent nearly 7 billion euros online, one quarter of which on clothes and footwear, and the eighth edition of Untold, one of the largest music festivals in Europe, begins in Cluj-Napoca on Thursday. The ruling coalition made up of the Social Democratic Party and the National Liberal Party carry on talks on the fiscal measures that must be implemented in order to reduce the state budget deficit. Overall public expenditure cuts of some 1.2 billion euros are targeted concurrently with tax increases by a similar amount. Public institution mergers, the scrapping of 200,000 public sector jobs that are currently vacant, personnel downsizing and cuts in the management allowances paid by public companies are some of the measures considered by the government. The two parties have also agreed on two VAT rates, 9% and 19%, although a 5% VAT rate will be in place as an exception for books alone. The Social Democrats and the Liberals, however, differ as regards the proposed additional 1% tax on luxury homes and on the profits of companies with more than 100 million euros in turnover. Last year, Romanians spent nearly 7 billion euros online, one quarter of which on clothes and footwear. According to a survey, the Romanian e-commerce market comprises a rough 100 online stores, reporting over 1,000 orders per day. One in five Romanians regularly order online, and 50% of them do so twice every three months. In Europe, the share of online shopping rose from 55% in 2012 to 75% in 2022, with the highest increases reported in Estonia, the Czech Republic and Romania. The surface areas where forest cleaning is banned will be increased approximately tenfold and the vehicles that carry wood illegally will be seized. The bill will also enable the government to take over the task of reforesting land that has been cleared and subsequently abandoned by its owners. The measures come after the European Commission initiated an infringement procedure against Romania for failure to implement several environment-related directives. Stay tuned for more after the news. 
The Romanian Foreign Ministry warns citizens who are traveling or intend to travel to the Italian island of Sardinia that local authorities there have issued a code orange alert for wildfire risks. On the other hand, the ministry also announced it was taking steps to repatriate four Romanian nationals from Niger as the security situation in that country is worsening. Russia's continued attacks against the Ukrainian civilian infrastructure on the Danube in the proximity of Romania are unacceptable. These are war crimes and they further affect Ukraine's capacity to transfer their food products towards those in need in the world, the president of Romania, Klaus Johannes, posted on Wednesday on social media. A Russian drone attack hit Ukrainian port infrastructure in Ismail on the Danube, close to NATO member Romania. According to Kyiv, the attack caused fires at the port and industrial infrastructure and damaged the elevator there. Russia started targeting Ukraine's ports after terminating a UN deal enabling the country's grain exports via the Black Sea. Thousands of gendarmes, firefighters, anti-drug and local police officers, as well as 800 private security guards have been mobilized for the four-day music festival Untold in Cluj-Napoca, which begins on Thursday, to make sure that safety measures are complied with by all participants. Two mobile hospitals and three first aid stations will be located near the festival site. The lineup for the 8th edition of Untold, one of the largest music festivals in Europe, includes over 250 artists from Romania and abroad. That was the news. We go on with a special announcement. Dear friends, the Radio Romania Board of Administrators decided to temporarily suspend the use of two out of the five Radiocom shortwave transmitters that ensure the broadcast of Radio Romania International's programs because of budget cuts. The RRI programs in English are affected. All of them may be received on only one frequency instead of two as of August the 1st. The frequencies, as well as any other prospective changes operated by Radiocom further to reception monitoring and to your feedback on reception quality will be announced in our broadcasts on our webpage and on Facebook. We invite you to follow RRI's programs online at rri.ro, including On Demand, on SoundCloud, on Android and iOS apps, via TuneIn and via Satellite. You can find more details on our homepage. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn and Spotify. The new forestry code in Romania, against which an infringement procedure was launched for failure to implement several environmental directives, is now under public consultation. I'm Mihala Ignatescu with more in this report by Corina Cristea. A new forestry code has been launched for public consultation in Romania, and the Minister of Environment, Water and Forests, Mircea Feket, has voiced hope that once submitted to the Romanian Parliament this autumn, the bill will generate a very good quality normative act, which will not only save Romania from infringements related to forests, but also combat other things, such as the theft of wood. 
Together with this bill, the criminal code will also be amended to stipulate punishments of up to five years in prison for false declarations regarding the transport of wood material. Among the most important provisions of the new forestry code is the fact that clear-cutting will be prohibited in almost half of the country's forest area. After, until now, they were prohibited only in national parks. The ban will also be extended in natural parks, but also in all Natura 2000 sites. Minister Mircea Feket. Today, clear-cutting is prohibited in approximately 5% of Romania's forested area. And under the new forestry code that we are discussing now, this prohibition will apply to an area that will be close to 50% of the entire forested area in Romania. A second novelty that I would like to present to you refers to the fact that the new forestry code will allow the state to take over the afforestation of lands that were in the past deforested and later abandoned by the owners. The new forestry code also establishes the legal framework for the digital fight against illegal forest cutting and the perpetrators behind it. At the same time, the forest owner is granted the right to alternative security solutions, given that forest security is mandatory by law. Also, the communities critically dependent on the forest will be established and prioritized in access to forest resources. And between 5 and 20 percent of the revenues of the state-owned and private forestry companies from the sale of wood will end up in the form of investments in the construction of forest roads and wood stores. The National Forestry Council will be established with the role of an ethical and technical filter in the forestry field and all forest owners in Romania will be included in the National Forestry Register. Also, a national catalogue of ecosystems with high conservation value will be drawn up. A new concept will be implemented, that of ageing islands. These are mechanisms by means of which forest areas of at least 0.1 hectares, with a great role in maintaining biodiversity, will be protected from cutting. Despite all these advantages, there are, however, voices that claim that the bill risks leading to the liberalization of cutting, a fact that would legalize, in the coming years, the exploitation of a volume of wood of over 100 million cubic meters. That was Radio Newsreel. Next in this program, sports. Welcome to Radio Romania International Sports Club. I'm Eugen Nasta. The Slovenian city of Maribor for a week running was the capital of athletes from all over Europe. The European Youth Olympic Festival brought together Europe's hopefuls in a great number of sports disciplines, ranging from athletics to swimming, from handball to judo. To Slovenia, Romania sent a 90-strong delegation of athletes who competed in nine sports disciplines. The Romanian delegation's final record was made of 20 medals, so Romania came in fourth according to the nation's competition. Of the gold medals, five were won by swimmers. Robert Bade won the 200-meter and the 400-meter mixed events, Aisia Prisakari won the 200-meter backstroke event, while Daria Silistan won gold in the 100-meter backstroke. Added to that was the women's relay team that won the 4 by 100 meter freestyle. 
In judo, Tudor Moshoi won in the 60kg category, while David Liga walked home with gold in the 73kg category. In athletics, gold went to women's mixed relay team 100, 200, 300 and 400 meters, and to Alin Shavlovsky in the 2000-meter steeplechase. 14-year-old Daria Silishtanu is a national record holder in the 50-meter backstroke event. In Maribor, Daria won the gold medal twice. Here is what Daria told upon her return to Romania, sounding upbeat about the Romanian delegation's results in Slovenia. Us swimmers walked away with quite a few medals. In athletics, but also in handball, quite a few medals were won as well. I am happy with the result, especially in the 100-meter backstroke. I really wasn't expecting that. I listened to my coach. He said, I can start off more powerfully. I took my chance. He said, I can finish the race quite fine. And I swam as powerfully as I could. Six silver medals were also won in Maribor. In tennis, Julia Popa won in the women's singles, also securing a win in the women's doubles, alongside Alexia Tatu. In men's doubles, Yannick Alexandrescu and Alejandro Norescu walked away with silver. In the 400-meter hurdles, Stefania Utze won silver as well. In gymnastics, silver went to Alexia Vanuaga in the beam event. Also silver went to the women's national handball team. And that's all from Sports Today. You can also access our sports items at rri.io and on Facebook. Time now for Hit of the Day on Radio Romania International. You're invited to listen to a song performed by Nicoleta Nuka and entitled Girls Can Also Be Heartbreakers. Final, tu a tua se arde. 
You are listening to Radio Romania International. Society Today I'm Cristina Matescu with a talk today on a different way of teaching physics and chemistry. Twelve years ago, the non-governmental association, the Center for Educational Evaluation and Analysis, initiated a project entitled Physics Differently, aimed at changing the way in which this subject is taught in secondary school. The goal was to no longer teach theory followed by its application in various areas but to focus instead on encouraging pupils to experiment directly. Christian Hatu, the president of the NGO, explains why this new approach was necessary. This was in response to trends we saw in other countries with high-performing educational systems. As to why these countries adopted this approach, this is a more complex issue, but I'll mention a few examples I find more relevant. Compared with 30 or 40 years ago, when many jobs implied repetitive and routine activities, with time and introduction of automation, the percentage of these jobs has decreased. Instead, we've seen an increase in jobs where employees are required to put their mind to work in order to solve new and problematic situations. And then the question arose as to what extent does school need to focus on memorization and reproduction and whether it shouldn't in fact need to develop pupils' logical thinking to a greater extent. So these countries began to rethink the way in which certain subjects are taught in school in order to develop critical thinking and problem-solving skills in pupils. So, for example, science teachers no longer simply stand before pupils and teach them Ohm's law the formula and then immediately start solving problems. On the contrary, they let pupils solve and find a solution to the problem themselves. Teachers take a step back and let pupils have direct contact with reality. So in a way, pupils retrace the steps of the scientist who first made the discovery. Moreover, the method of applied investigation proposed under the Physics Differently project can help reduce functional scientific illiteracy, as pupils will acquire a direct understanding of how the laws of physics work and to identify them in daily life through experimentation and simulating their own thinking. But how did pupils react when first faced with this method? Christian Hatu tells us more. We made them curious and they began to realize their own potential. Teachers say that at first pupils ask why should they answer the questions. They couldn't possibly. It's the teacher who should give them the answers. It takes a few weeks until they overcome this reflex, which is only normal after all these years of learning through the conventional method. Twelve years since this project was first implemented, Physics Differently is a success. Almost 3,000 teachers have been trained to teach based on this investigative method. While the project initially targeted secondary school pupils from years 6 to 8, it has in time also been extended to high school. 
Christian Hatu, the president of the Center for Educational Evaluation and Analysis, explains. Changes were made to the secondary school curriculum for this end. Inspectors now check to what extent teachers apply this method of investigation in class. In high school, despite the problems with the adoption of a new curriculum, an intermediary solution was found and methodological recommendations were included for year 9 and 10 teachers, as they were faced with pupils who had studied after this method in secondary school. So teachers were trained to continue the approach used in secondary school with this first generation of pupils, who are now in year 10. The success of the project led the Center for Educational Evaluation and Analysis to initiate, a few years ago, a similar project for chemistry, also based on the investigative method. In the future, the NGO plans to develop yet another project for teaching mathematics. And that was Society Today. We now leave you with a bit of music, a summer song from Elena Gheorghe called Sunglasses. Now for another music break on Radio Romania International. Listen to the band Direcția Cinj and their hit just like that. N-ai pus unde trebuia Cine știe virgula Poate sta prea mult în casă Poate nimeni n-a sunat Poate doar de sufletat Cerul s-a întunecat Pur și simplu e viață Trăim 
Puxe cinco e expire Puxe sempre um candeiro Um grande Puxe sempre um ato Coming up next on Radio Romania International, Visit Romania. Hello and welcome to our travel feature. I am Karin Kotsoyu, today taking you to the most famous small place in Romania. Vamaveke is a small village in the south of the Romanian coast of the Black Sea, located less than one kilometer from the border with Bulgaria. It is a place that attracts young people who come here for the sea, the sun, quality music, and nightly beach parties. In this place, however, those who many years ago felt free on an almost wild beach in a flower power type atmosphere, adapted, of course, to the Romanian reality, are returning. Being a place on the border, access for visitors was limited, but in the 1970s and the last century, teaching staff from the University of Cluj started arriving on organized trips and stayed over in the modest houses of the locals. In contrast to the hotels in the Black Sea tourist resorts, almost all the houses in Vamavekia were demolished in 1988, a year before the fall of the communist regime, by order of the Bucharest authorities. Adrian Boykanin is one of the first investors in the reconstruction of Vama Veche, and he remembered the beginnings. Vama Veche, as we met it in the 1990s, was unbelievable. It was a village of a few houses, you could count them on the fingers of one hand. A huge deserted beach, 
You didn't think it could be on the Romanian coast when you knew how crowded the well-known resorts were. I did not think that such a generous beach could be at the disposal of anyone who stopped by. It was love at first sight. I was among the first investors. I was working among geese, thistles, and sunflowers, a very beautiful field of sunflowers. That's what I remember. And the people from Cluj came here. It was a fief of Cluj in this early period, generally learned people, intellectuals, educated writers and painters. At the beginning of the 1990s, Vamaveke meant fish on the stove, accommodation in local houses and nights spent in a tent on the beach, and artists singing for those who gathered around them. Little by little, terraces with long wooden tables, accommodation spaces appeared, and in a few years, rock and jazz festivals. Vamaveke has gone through many transformations. In the former fishing village, asphalt, running water, and a sewage network appeared, as well as landscape beach areas. In Vamaveke, that atmosphere of yesteryear is still preserved yet, which attracts young people and nostalgic people alike. Adrian Boykan told us why. We find that emotion, that freedom that you have in Vamaveke, a freedom close to the sky, the sand and the sea that you see is infinite. Okay, it's not infinite, but that's how we feel about it. And we try to do things differently there. That's why this tradition was created, that of playing Ravel's Bolero at dawn on all the speakers on the entire beach in Vamaveke. At that time, just like that, from a very small thing, we were trying to make something big. We wanted, at sunrise, to attract the tourists and make them stop on a terrace for a coffee. And so we played classical music. It was something completely unexpected. It wasn't even rock. It was classical music. And the tradition was created with Ravel's Bolero at sunrise in Vamavik. This has been Visit Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next in the program, here is Truly Romanian, I'm Eugen Nasta. Thank you. 
You have been listening to Matake's real dance tune. The solo instrumentalist was the famous interwar fiddler Jon Matake. Next up in the program, here is yet another real dance tune performed by Jon Matake on the fiddle. Coming up next in the program, here is a wedding song from Argish, recorded by Jon Matake in 1962. Thank you. 
You are now invited to listen to famous fiddler Jon Matake performing an elegiac song from Gorge County in the south. The famous fiddler Ion Matake died an untimely death in 1957 at the age of 52. We end truly Romanian with a famous tune from Ion Matake's repertoire.
Living Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next, happening in Romania. Hello and welcome to Happening in Romania. I'm your host today, Kalim Kotsoyu. As we have seen in previous installments, Romania still bears the scars of an unfortunate past, mostly related to the era of communist dictatorship. Bucharest, in particular, illustrates this issue, since it is the point of first contact with a country for many tourists, whose first opinion of the country is largely formed by this contact. Much ink has flown on the subject of tourism, both in Romania and abroad, if we may be permitted that expression in an era of electronic media. More to the point, the importance of tourism in the country's economy. Domestic authorities always doubt the merits of the country as a tourist destination, its potential, and keep saying that more should be done, passing the blame in a vicious circle. The fact remains that, to this day, no discernible coordinated strategy to promote Romania as a destination has taken shape. At least partially, that can be laid on political dissent and the speed at which governments changed at times. No matter what the reason, as we said, no coherent strategy has taken shape, in spite of moderate success in promoting Romania's tourist potential abroad in widespread ad campaigns on prestigious international channels, such as CNN. Again, those initiatives were marred by accusations of corruption and channeling of funds towards election campaigns, etc. The ad campaigns focused on changing the largely negative image abroad that has been plaguing Romania since the first pictures of AIDS-riddled orphanages were circulated in 1990 in the West. Since uh, successful tourism is a matter of image, without a doubt, there are two facets to that image. One facet is the one we were talking about, that of a media image or a word-of-mouth image, an international public image, as it were, which entices or repels tourists, depending on who is telling the story. Another facet is the actual on-the-ground image, what can actually be seen by the naked eye, as opposed to the eye of a photo lens, which, as we all know, is at the mercy of a skillful wielder. That is the image which one gets only by actually coming to Romania, and to reiterate, many times is Bucharest first and foremost. In previous installments, we were talking about the continuing decay of Bucharest in terms of image, a pernicious combination of demolition of historical, atmospheric buildings and accelerated building of nondescript corporate glass giants. One may claim that this makes economic sense in a country with constant financial problems, since modern office buildings contribute to the public budget while old buildings are a drain on it. At the same time, if tourism was considered a major element in the larger picture, 
It is precisely this type of evolution that hinders it. At this point in time, the efforts made by the authorities are not coordinated, but it would be unfair to say they don't exist. At the same time, major efforts are made by NGOs, which by definition have more success locally. Their efforts are in a huge variety of areas, both in terms of informing the public and in organizing action. However, they are not the only form of civil activity. Some initiatives started online, sometimes remaining strictly at that level, but not only. In terms of international image, though, one thing that makes them parochial is the fact that their websites are mostly in Romanian. One such example of a successful and quite popular initiative is Urban Resistance, a loose group that keeps a website dedicated to protesting the destruction and decay of Bucharest kept by mostly young people in university, who operate in a variety of ways by means of the website. Their page, unfortunately, is strictly in Romanian, therefore the impact is strictly local, or among the diaspora at best. They recruit members from among friends and fans of the site, who are sent on exploratory missions with regard to different topics. They keep blogs and encourage as many comments as possible. Also, one very important thing is that they encourage their contributors to take pictures of the places that seem interesting for their purposes, and they post them with the appropriate explanations, as well as the comments of their authors. They also have a series dedicated to particular neighborhoods, one at a time, with a bit of history, a bit of current issues, as well as a lot of righteous griping. They have sections such as The Book Arrest of Yesteryear, Top Ten, Too Interesting, Kebab Review, and Holy Things. While the tone is many times jocular or ironic, a lot of times it is downright sarcastic and satirical. To quote one contributor, who says it all as far as this website goes. Quote, I live in a student dorm in Budapest. I met a lot of foreign students who go for recreation in Romania, among others. Many of them asked me what I am recommending in Romania. I will be reviewing some of the most popular tourist destinations in Romania, opinions of foreign tourists I have spoken to, pictures then you are invited to discuss them. When I give advice to a foreign tourist about Romania, I speak partially with joy, partially with fear. The joy is because they may see those places with an optimism that Romanians lack. The fear is because I will tell them how a wallet vanished or a pack of stray dogs popped out of nowhere. I generally advise foreigners to stick to Transylvania. On the one hand, this is where most of the objectives truly worth seeing are concentrated. On the other, I think of the fact that in the time you get by train from Budapest to Constanza, you could have gotten to Sydney by airliner." Unquote. This is the type of refreshing honesty that could be learned from when it comes to promoting tourism in Romania, especially in Bucharest. However, as we said, this website is not available in an international language. 
and that may be a blessing for the authorities, who may cringe at the overly critical tone of this loose association of what are actual fans of Bucharest. We leave you now in the hope that you have enjoyed this lesser-known face of happening in Romania. From Kalin Kotsoyu, it's goodbye and happy travels. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk. I'm Eugen Nasta. Vasile Pandelescu used to be one of Romania's most valuable and original accordionists. His repertoire is made of traditional dance tune from the area where Muscel, Dumbovica and Southern Oltenia overlap. The late instrumentalist successfully tried his hand at playing ballads, elegiac songs, love tunes, which are some of the fiddler's repertoire's staple subgenres. You are now invited to listen to a rustem, a traditional Romanian dance tune typical of southern Oltenia and the neighboring Wallachia. Performing is Vasile Pandelescu, who is accompanied by Radio Romania's traditional music orchestra, conducted by Paraskiv Opera.
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro.